the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm Mark Schulberg, local ministry director for Salem Ministry, uh, Salem Media right here in Southern Colorado, stretching all the way from DIA, way south of Pueblo. We're so glad you joined us for the program. And as you know, on Partners in the Gospel, we partner with nonprofits, for-profits, businesses, organizations that are making a difference in our own backyard. And I'm looking forward to this conversation we're going to have with Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference. But before I do, I want to make a comment uh, about what we're all experiencing and all this anxiety that's going with the um, coronavirus. And as you know, uh, churches all over uh, El Paso County, or let alone, I should say, the whole state of Colorado, from the guidance of the Colorado governor's office, churches have canceled worship services and all that. And as you well know, now there's public settings of 10, or at least a president's suggestion of 10 or less people. Uh, as I uh, am on the air right now, uh, you probably already heard that restaurants are closing, and uh, not only has already happened in Denver, but also right here in Colorado Springs. But, you know, the Scripture tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He has called us to be wise and to contribute to the welfare of our community and to respect the role of governmental authorities. In this case, exercising an abundance of caution is not merely prudent, but it's a tangible way for us to love others well. And so while you might not be able to gather with your small group or even your church, most churches now are offering online services. Uh, But you know what? God is not bound by time or place. And so while you might be able to worship online in other settings, take advantage of the opportunity that millions of people are doing all around the country, let alone all around the world. And so um, we're exercising that as well here at Salem Media by taking um, uh, efforts to uh, trim our contact with people in best that we can. And so we'll continue to pray for our country. You'll be listening here on the air 100.7 of other pastors and their concerns and their prayers, not only for El Paso County, but for our country as well. But right now, as I just mentioned a moment ago, Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference is what we're going to talk about and what it is and uh, how you can find out more about what they do. And I'm with Steve Schombach. He is the director. So Steve, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Now, maybe a lot of our listeners, Steve, don't know what Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference is. So give us a, you know, a quick snapshot, the history, mission, vision of the ministry. Okay. The Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference comes under the larger organization of the Military Order of the World Wars, which has been around for uh, about 100 years. And the Youth Leadership Conference uh, was designed to promote leadership, um, the free enterprise system, and patriotism uh, in our youth. So we, uh, we have a conference each year to... Uh, to take rising high school seniors, those between their junior and senior year, mm-hmm. to uh, give them a give them a conference to try to promote those uh, 
those those principles and those values that we think are important to pass along to uh, to our generation. Now, you when you talk about juniors and seniors in high school, how do you pick those? How do they uh, get the opportunity to attend and uh, the Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference? Okay, so we we recruit from about forty three high schools. This is all along the Front Range, by the way, okay. in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we we span from Denver down to Pueblo. Uh, obviously, a, a number a good number are from the Colorado Springs area. And what we do is we meet with high school guidance counselors that uh, that are dealing with college entry kind of stuff and some junior ROTC uh, professors, and we we ask them to solicit uh, uh, nominations. Mm-hmm. And so we get a list of the nominations, and then the high school counselors will rank order them uh, to select the students. We're we're capped at about 99 students from 43 high schools, so we tell them that their top one and maybe two students will will be selected, and we look for diversity in that. So huh. so basically a lot of input from the schools. We want to train up the kids that they see as being future leaders in their, their high schools for upcoming clubs, activities, and also community, uh-huh. uh, church youth groups and things like that. So when you're vetting, uh, do, going through that vetting process, uh, you're looking at probably at grades and things like that. Is that true as well? Well, we do look for that. Um, we, we also ask them to look at the students that maybe could benefit from him. You know, sometimes the same student gets all the honors and all the awards and oh, all the yeah. things. That's every, We're looking that's for all, maybe that second-tier person. That's, uh, okay. Uh, so while we do want that kid, we also want mm-hmm. those that, that need the opportunity and would benefit from mm-hmm. it. Now, when is the, the conference? The conference this year will be uh, the 22nd through the 26th of June, and we, it's a five-day conference, and it's residential uh, in a college. And this year we'll be at CSU Pueblo. We've been at UCCS in the past, but mm-hmm. this year we're going back to CSU Pueblo. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, when you're picking those students, um, your, your, your goal is to inform them of, of, you know, really how they can make an impact. And it, is, is it so much of describing to them what patriotism is, or is there an assumption that they already know that? Uh, no. In fact, what we find, in, especially in our student feedback sessions, that patriotism is uh, something that they don't get much of in school. Now, I'm not trying to mischaracterize schools, but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's a lot of misconceptions about what patriotism is. So we, we do dwell a little bit on that. We make sure that they understand it's not necessarily my country right or wrong, okay. but it's a sense of pride in your country and, and how that's expressed. Uh, so that, and I would say also the free enterprise system mm-hmm. is something that, particularly nowadays with the popularity of socialism, Absolutely. Uh, we just point out the differences between the two. We don't go about necessarily to trash one or the other, mm-hmm. but we do emphasize the yeah, importance Yeah, now when you get those conferences... I mean, is okay, it like uh, eight well, to we, five, or you take a lunch? No, no, no. This is a this is a full day. We actually start at like six thirty in the morning. Okay. With some icebreaker activities, we uh, raise the we we raise the flag in the morning and honor the flag, and then huh. we have a full day of activities um, to go into the evening, and we can, uh, we obviously lower the flag, and then we have activities in the evening, and they the students finish about ten o'clock at night. Oh, I see. So it's uh, it's pretty full days right up till Friday. When we have a banquet Thursday night, and then. The students decide to part on I Friday see. morning. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner during the yeah, four, breakfast, four lunch, days. And again, it's all residential, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, it, so it's, it's a great opportunity for them to, to have a college experience as well. No, that's as, good. Uh, at that. And then, so obviously, where does the money come from to pay for the, the venue and the food and all that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. It, <laughs> it costs us, since we're doing this at a college or university, uh-huh. it costs us about uh, $500 a student. So we estimate it takes uh, close to $50,000 to run this conference. 
we are a 501c3, but we get this uh, exclusively through individual donations and organizational and corporate donations as well. Um, so that's the that's our source. Okay, of so it feels like a hundred students, something like that. Correct. We, our goal is ninety nine students. We break them into nine groups of eleven, huh. and each one has a excuse me. Each one has a counselor uh-huh. who's been through the program. Oh, I see. Who's nearer to them in age? Oh, I see. Well, that makes sense. Now, as far as the impacting our local community, I know that it does. Tell us what that looks like. We're taking students, or you're taking students from the local high schools, from 43 different high schools. Uh, what, what does that look like as far as the impact it has on our local community, in our own backyard? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Probably the, the single most significant comment we get back at the end of the course, because we have critiques, is how important it's been for these students to meet other students that have similar uh, c- concerns and issues. We have them address national topics such as um, we talk about the national debt and, and things like that, but we also mm-hmm. talk about school violence. We talk about opioid crisis and things like that. So what, what I think happens is the students share ideas with each other. They learn that everybody doesn't think the same way on mm-hmm. these topics, okay. and so uh, it's a great opportunity for them to capitalize off of and build off of each other's ideas. Some of them network after the conference is over to continue to share ideas into their, their senior year. So I think that's how it impacts the community. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know you and I have talked offline about servant leadership. And I, I, I must admit, I don't hear that word servant much anymore like I used to 20, 30 years ago. And, and and give us a, what does that look like? How would you describe that to the listener, what servant leadership is? Now, I assume that they might know that, but maybe they don't. We we take great pains throughout the whole conference to, to emphasize the fact that it's not about me. Uh, the first thing they learn is that they're all high-potential kids, all high-performing kids. And the first thing they learn that you got 11 of those in your same group, and you can't be the dominant leader all the time. Mm. And so we really emphasize the importance of respecting others' opinions, listening to each other. Uh, and the counselors, of course, have a big role in making sure that one doesn't dominate. But the servant leadership, it's not about you, the leader. It's about what you can do for others. So... Um, we talk about the importance of developing themselves, but also uh, lifting others to their best possible selves and benefiting the organization uh, as well. So it's what can they contribute. It's more what they can put into it than what they get out of it. Now, how That's many – there's presenters, obviously. So is there X, uh, you know, uh, X amount of um, presenters during those five days? We have, yes, we have five. Again, we have the leadership. Fifty percent of the conference is leadership. Thirty percent is on uh, patriotism and the Constitution, and then twenty uh, percent is on the free enterprise system. So ah, we have speakers okay. arrayed that way, and we also have activities uh, that, that conform to those percentages. Really? So you've got some top-notch presenters, obviously from from the social, from the government, probably, and also from private sector. We, correct? Yes, we absolutely do. Um, we have um, uh, college-level professors, and we have uh, we've had some high school teachers in the past. Um, and we, we try to get standout pe- speakers in their, uh, their field. The, the nice thing about it is we ask them to volunteer their time. You know, a lot of speakers charge money That's nowadays, right. but we've been able to get folks to volunteer their time that you'd normally have to pay a lot of money to go listen to. So we've been very blessed with uh, people that are passionate about what we're doing. Yeah, that's good. And now, you know, to accomplish your goal, obviously for these students to come to the conference, um, you, you collaborate with, um, like you mentioned earlier, high school counselors, uh, but there's, it, there's, it's more than that. It's not just high school counselors. Tell us about what the array of the other people that you partner with to accomplish the goal of the conference. Well, um, the, the larger military of the World Wars, of course, uh, partners a lot with the scouts. Okay. So the, the boy, oh. boy and girl scouts, we partner a lot with JRTC, ROTC units. Okay. Obviously, because of the patriotism and service aspect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh, there's various other local um, 
banks and and organizations. Al Palmar has helped provide us some okay. speakers this year. Okay. So those are some of the the and then the normal military support organizations. Now you know the the people that the um, school counselors and the other people that are vetting for you to be candidates. Obviously, they're filling out an application. Obviously. And yeah. um, do you find that – I'm just kind of curious. Do you find that your vetting process um, really sets you guys up for success for the kind of kids that are coming? Or do they have a big aha moment when they come? They go, oh, my gosh, I, I need to love my country more, or I wasn't aware of what patriotism actually looks like because I'm not hearing a lot about it from my public school. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? What do you see? I, I, I think all of that uh, – um, I, I just want to comment on that patriotism thing. Uh, one of the things we emphasize is that you don't have to be in the military to be a patriot, because I think there's a, a confusion that, that, that that's the only way to serve. So that's we, good. we yeah. spend a great deal of time making sure they understand that it's even more important for those out of uniform than in uniform to help support our, our service in our country. Um, the cadets, uh, excuse me, the students do say that uh, they hadn't really thought about patriotism much. They mm. frankly haven't thought about the free enterprise system much <laughs> as well. Wow. And we again, because we give them national problems to address, they see how it fits into the bigger picture. Right. The most important thing, though, is that they learn to value each other's opinion and learn that there's a the diversity of students and a diversity of viewpoints on different issues. And I think that really expands their uh, their consciousness. Yeah, they can do. They come to that realization they can do more together than they can apart from each other. And but if they're coming in without of having, uh, should I say, a lack of a definition or a priority in their public school uh, education about what patriotism is, and I would think that's a, a steep um, a steep incline for some of them. And, 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 we'll, and from your experience, Steve, do you see these kids going, oh, my gosh, I mean, does the light bulb go on? Do they go, whoa, I mean, I, I had no idea. Uh, especially yes, when you talk absolutely. about, especially when you talk about um, uh, free enterprise and capitalism, because of as you said earlier, with the introduction to the public schools and, and a lot of our universities are our, our land about the increase of social relativism or socialism. Uh, uh, some of these kids are, I would think, admittedly confused. Right, they they are. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that they come away totally unconfused. Okay. In fact, sometimes they have more questions than answers. <laughs> but um, they certainly have a lot deeper appreciation for for those uh, issues. We also give each student a copy of the Constitution, and we tie back the importance of the Constitution, fundamental to our country, and tie some of those values back to the Constitution. And we also use examples of both military and civilian people that have uh, sacrificed a lot for our country. Our last speaker is a uh, Vietnam POW. Mm-hmm. who talks about his experience five years in the Hanoi Hilton and what that was wow. like. And that really uh, that really impacts the no students kidding. deeply about this person that still loves his country after all he's been through. And I think it inspires and motivates them uh, in their way. What can they do to, to have that same kind of love of country despite adversity? Yeah, and so when you have somebody like that and the other instructors you referred to earlier, um, there's time for not just um, monologue but for interaction with the students and the presenters, correct? Yes. Uh, three important points on that. I think what differentiates our conference is the intentionality of it. Okay. Uh, first of all, we do have reflection periods. After each speaker, not only can they come up and ask questions, but we get the small groups together, and they all discuss what they got out of it, the impacts, and their take on it. I think that's important. The other thing is that uh, the other two things is, first of all, when they come in, we, we give the students, we require them to say, at the end of this week, I want to accomplish a certain thing. Huh. What is it that they want to get out of the conference? Oh, Instead of good. just going through the motions right. and then going back to their life. Mm-hmm. And, this, and we ask them what leadership things they want to uh, improve. Okay. And so the counselor helps them work on that. Then the last yeah. thing is we make them identify one or two actions that they are going to take 
when they go back and lead whatever organization they're in charge of. So they have a specific game plan. So that gives some purpose and intentionality for the week to get something out of it. That's good stuff, Steve. I mean, the intentionality, what their goals are, you know, what what action steps they can take. And I think sometimes we kids or any of us in an educational uh, setting can get a lot of information but not know what to do with that information. So, you know, when you talk about counselors, and I think you referred to that each group of 11 or whatever they are, um, size of that group, that, that mentor, is that someone, like you said, is close to age to them or is it an older yes, person? Yes, we, we, uh, we intentionally have somebody that's close in age to them. We think that's the most effective way okay. as opposed to somebody like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think that's, they've been through the program, so they know the, the mechanics of it, but they obviously get a lot out of it because they learn about group dynamics and how to handle issues and conflicts and things like that that come up, how to handle disagreements. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the student, the, uh, counselors, um, they're not guidance counselors in the sense of working on you know psychotherapy and things like that. Right. They're meant to guide them and not necessarily be the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they okay. they, enhance, they help the leaders uh, develop. So yeah, uh, so that's been very very effective for us. Now I know that that um, this started uh, at the Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference in '93. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, uh, World War II veteran Watt Hill and his wife Eunice. Who are, he's a World War II veteran. In fact, they married. They met and married in England during the war. Huh. Uh, he started this in 1993, wow. and uh, there were 17 students. They did it all themselves, and it's kind of grown wow. uh, to where it is today. Now, speaking of him, I mean, the, a World War II vet like my dad, He either he's passed away or he must be awfully old. He is. He's not uh, able to do much anymore. We uh-huh. certainly invite him, uh, huh. but he's our, he's our kind of our mentor wow. and guiding, uh, guiding vision person. Wow. How old is he now? You know, he's in his 90s. I yeah. can't say exactly how old he is, huh. but he, he's amazingly sharp. Yeah, you know, um, is, is, he, is he local, or do you fly yes. in? Yes, ah. he lives up in Monument. Interesting. Well, for you, how in the world did you get involved? I got involved because my, uh, my son went to this conference. He was nominated by his school, mm-hmm. and he came back um, that he had gotten a lot out of it. And the next year, he was a counselor. Then my daughter went her senior year. And she also got a lot of. I said, I've got to get involved in this. Huh. So the, that year, the next year, I helped to, to be the assistant director for a year or two, and then uh, took over as director after that. And I'm very passionate because I've seen the impact it has on kids' lives. Well, you've been involved for how long yourself? Uh, six years. Okay, so you've seen that impact. If there, is there a, a story that kind of stands out to you? Maybe it's your own kid. I don't know. But is there a story that stands out to you where you see somebody step up and say, "You know, I got some action steps here, and I'm going to I'm going to get engaged myself politically, or or however they choose to get involved." Is there a story out there that you would share with the with the listener? I I'd say. Um I, there's many stories out uh-huh, there. Uh, right. Unfortunately, we're not as good about tracking the students after they graduate, and, okay. unless they drop us a note. Right. Uh, but, like, for example, our dean of students, um, mm-hmm. uh, Michaela Harvey, this year, she was a student. She was a counselor for several years. She went to college. She's uh, went through the RTC program. Now she's a reservist uh, second lieutenant, and she's our dean this year. And she has repeatedly talked about how little things that she picked up along the way about leadership and some of the nuggets that she got that she wrote in her, because everyone keeps a journal, they all keep notes in a notebook that we give to them. 
Um, and she's talked about how the thing she still thinks about things that she learned in the conference from each other and still stays in contact with some of the kids. Hmm. I think the last thing that I wanted to say or another yes. thing I wanted to point out is uh-huh. we take the kids' cell phones the first day. Oh, they're there. okay. So they don't have any connection with uh, media or anything else like that. They have to talk with each other. They have to work together in group, and they have to have personal interaction with each other. Hmm. And that's been transformative in and of itself. No, I would think, gosh, that could be transformative in any environment today for sure. So, you know, as far as the, an obstacle to accomplish your mission, I assume that's probably funds, correct? I think funds right now, right. The other thing is that uh, given the organization, we've got people that have worked 10 or 15 years on this conference that mm-hmm. are, you know, they're, 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 they're wanting to step away and either move out of town or things like that. So my, my main uh, mission besides funds, that's the number one. The number two would be to get folks to help volunteer to help us with some of the behind the lines okay. as well as some of the actions at the conference. So we're always looking for help. Yeah, so how could they get that help? Um, mention the website, the point of connection, and if there's a phone number, but if it's the yes, website, what is website, that? Mm-hmm. And uh, the website also has my email and phone number in it, so certainly people can contact me directly, okay. and I'm willing to talk to anybody that wants to help and, and what they can do. Now, what is that website? Uh, www.rmylf.org. Okay. So that's Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Foundation, www.rmylf.org. Okay. okay. Now, so if you had a, um, you were with a, I don't know, either a student in an elevator, and because you're passionate about what we're talking about today, or maybe one of their parents, what would you say to them? If you gave a little 60-second sales pitch to them why they should attend this conference, what would be that pithy response? What I would tell them is that this is a conference that you will come away from changed because of the uh, interactions you're going to have with other people. Your whole ideas about leadership will be challenged, and you'll come away with new ideas. And I think most importantly, we want to, our, our main purpose is to create informed citizen leaders for our country. Mm-hmm. And that citizen leader piece is something that they're not going to find outside of this particular organization. So... Gosh, you've seen the 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 impact this has made on people for uh, the last at least six years, but it's been around for almost gosh, going on thirty years. So there's been a lot of people that God how you, God has used this to impact them and equip them to have a better worldview. I would assume, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, once again, Steve, um, the the website and um, do, do you want to throw a phone number out there? Or is the website really the best place to go? The website's the best place. Um, and probably the best way to get a hold of me uh, is uh, on my email, uh, which is uh, shambachsm at msn.com. So that's S-H-A-M-B-A-C-H-S-M at msn.com. Okay. So they can probably contact me. That would be the best way to do it. Okay. Um, Steve, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Partners of the Gospel. Thanks so much. Mark, thank you for the time to explain what we're doing, and I hope that this has uh, turned some of the people on that are listening that are willing to contribute and uh, and support us in some way. Uh, and also, if you have a high school junior that's going to be a senior next year, have them go talk to their guidance counselors to uh, to get on the list. Yeah, because all the schools know about this, obviously, right? Correct, yes. Yep. We opened the uh, registration the 9th of March, thanks for asking, and mm-hmm. it closes on the 3rd of April. Oh, that's good. Give it, get those it's dates. all online. Give those dates again, real quick. It, it opened the 9th of March. It closes. The last application can be accepted on the 3rd of April, and, uh, oh. and it's an online application. Well, so I pretty, know kids that's... are out of school on spring break and stuff. No, like. that's qu- good, good to mention that for sure. Steve, will you stay in the line with me after we get off the air? 
I will, yes, sir. So we want to thank uh, Steve Schombach, the director of Rocky Mountain Youth Leadership Conference right here in Southern Colorado. He's been making a big difference for almost 30 years. He gave you that website. If you missed I'm going to give it to you one more time. That's rmylf.org. That's rmylf.org for Rocky Mountain Leadership Conference, Youth Leadership Conference. And so we want to thank you for joining us. You found that, you heard about that opportunity to connect with them. And um, we want to thank you, as always, for joining us and partners in the gospel. We want to ask you to stay with us uh, right here on 100.7 next week on Partners of the Gospel every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. But I also want to ask you to stay tuned to my good friend Gino Duresi right after this. <laughs> 